soplo slow hilo de smoke para calmar el slow burn of brasas in the belly. The words spill over and harden to rock. Basalt from which to carve one brick. Lucarlo down to perfection. Read the stone creases as hieroglyphs. At dawn, our steps turn like a compass, measuring out the land. Out of the sea, out of the seed, out of the heart. Elhunja hideg fövenyem, hallgatni a tenger, a fűtenger, a fűztenger, hideg szuszogását, házat álmodni, hazát a fűben. You're listening to a Scottish Poetry Library podcast. Hello, my name is Jennifer Williams. I'm the program manager at the Scottish Poetry Library, and we're bringing you a very special podcast today with not one but two poets. And these poets have been here all week at the Scottish Poetry Library in residence. I'm saying that with my fingers making little quotation marks in the air uh, because. The Poetry Library doesn't have accommodation within it, though we've got some nice chairs and sofas you could take a nap on. Uh, however, there is a nice hotel across the street where they've been actually living, and uh, we've kept them pretty busy. We had a wonderful translation workshop on Tuesday evening, uh, and then we had a beautiful reading last night. Uh, but mostly what I've been encouraging our poets to do this week is sleep, enjoy the city, climb mountains, go to the beach, talk to one another, learn about one another's work, and translate one another's work. And even, we've been so lucky because they've got so much sleep and eaten so much nice food and had such a nice time that they've made some new poetry for us as well. So I think, you know, poets are like beautiful flowers. If you water them and give them enough happy sunlight and fresh air, they, they blossom. So I'll just tell you, before I go into the um, introductions of each of our poets, a little bit about what this project is that has made this possible. Uh, this residency is new for us, and it's called the Literary Europe Live, Scottish Poetry Library Poet Residency. And we were able to do this wonderful project because we're currently members of a European platform called Literary Europe Live. Uh, which is led by Literature Across Frontiers, a wonderful organization led by Alexander Buchler and based in Wales. And this project and this platform has allowed 16 different literary organizations and festivals across Europe to connect in various ways and has enabled many different poet exchanges and residencies and festival visits. It's been really spectacular and it's ongoing, so keep your uh, keep your eyes and ears ready for more next year. But this particular residency has come about also because one of the activities of the platform is called the uh, New Voices in Europe. New Voices of Europe? Yeah. Yeah. From, From Europe. <laughs> I've been hearing so many different languages this week, I'm, I'm losing hold on, I'm, I'm losing my grasp on English. <laughs> uh, uh, New Voices from Europe. And the idea is that each year the platform will select 10 voices from across Europe, different countries across Europe to promote throughout the year. Uh, and we are incredibly lucky to have two of these very special new voices from this year here with us today. So uh, our first poet is uh, Juana Adcock. She is from Mexico originally, though actually she has been living in Glasgow for some time. So she's both our one of our visiting poets and a, a bit of a homegrown poet as mm -hmm. well. Juana is a poet and translator working in English and Spanish, however she also translates from the Italian. I, I always stick that in, you may not even want me to, but I feel it's, it's, it's a wonderful to, extra. I always get to mention that as well. <laughs> extra talent that you've got. Uh, she's appeared in a variety of journals, including Magma, Shearsman, and the Glasgow Review of Books. Her first book, Manica, explores the anatomy of violence in Mexico and was named by Reforma's distinguished critic, Sergio Gonzalez Rodriguez, as one of the best poetry books published in 2014. And uh, it's been such a joy, of course, having Juana here with us this week. 
And I'll just go ahead and introduce our second poet now as well, who is the Hungarian poet Arpad Kolar. Arpad was born in Senta in Serbia, but he's lived for some time in Hungary. He has published studies, critiques, and essays, and his first collection of poetry called in English, for example, The String, received many awards. Uh, that volume highlights concepts of boundaries, borders, and the possibility of crossing them. His second collection is entitled Not in Sarajevo, and though highly personal, also explores his cultural background uh, in such a particular way that it raises the poem to a universal level. His third book is a collection of poems for children. It's called Witch Bird, and it received Best Children's Book of the Year in Hungary. And I think we're going to hopefully get to hear perhaps a translation or two from that book, because I know Juan has been working on translating some of those poems. And in this book, he leaves traditional children's topics behind and explores other ways of writing poetry for children. So hopefully we'll get to hear a bit about that. And most recently, he's written a book of short stories, which we're <laughs> very upset about. However, <laughs> he claims that the hero of the book is a wayward poet, so we've, we've also forgiven him. Uh, so these are our poets, and uh, the first thing they're going to do for us today, as a, a wonderful, extraordinary introduction to both their work and to the ways that they've been working together, is they're going to read a brand new, hot out of the oven, mm -hmm. collaborative poem that they've been creating this week while they've been in residence at the library, and I think you'll get to hear a mixture of languages in this poem, and both their voices, and... It may still be a work in progress, would you say that? It is, yes. <laughs> so it, it may change more, and you'll probably come across it again someday and say, ah, it's grown and developed since I started it. So without further ado, I'll hand over, and you guys, if you want to say anything about it, or just go ahead and read whatever you like. Um, just to say quickly that as a part of the uh, New Voices from Europe program, uh, we were in Budapest together, um, doing a translation workshop and so while I was there I got the chance to hear Arpad read his work and just getting into the rhythm of the Hungarian language and um, yeah I think Had you I heard Hungarian before? I had, I, I, I do have a Hungarian friend who I met in Glasgow, she was one of the first people I met in Glasgow so that's one of the nice coincidences that happened um, but yeah it's just so interesting seeing how Poets tend to be quite musical people and just kind of understand each other's rhythms and things. So it's been really amazing to have the chance to collaborate <laughs> with some music. Uh, I was very skeptic about this <laughs> project <laughs> because I I, I I have never uh, I have never never write uh, together a poem with together with somebody with somebody a poem. Okay, sorry. And uh, and uh, Juana said that try it, and <laughs> I said that why not? Uh, and uh, and uh, we got music and mixed uh, languages, you know, English, Spanish, Hungarian, li little bit Serbian, and it became a, a mixture of of voices of uh, of of languages. And uh, yesterday we we read it in the library on the on the on the reading and then i realized that hmm, maybe it's working it's good <laughs> yes, it, it's so and good I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so the title of the poem is the poet attempts to build a house kihült vulkán a város kőtenger hasadék vízért a madárítató Egy elképzelt háború megkövült metaforája, bazalt és bazalt, bodzátlan bazalt a város, a vár, barázdált lávára ömlenek a házak, szürke bazaltra, black bazaltra, smoked whisky bazaltra, vulkánusz vulkanizálja a várost, forró grégumit vulkanizál az utcára, az arcokra, szempillákra, hideg vulkáni hamuban fürdeti, Áztatja törpe vulkán a várost. Volcán egy blackstone contained, plucked from the sand, a disk skidding, 
on waves turned suddenly black with the clouds. Soft loans flow, illo the smoke para calmar, the slow burn of brazos in the bellies. The words spill over and harden to rock. Basalt from which to carve one brick, lijarlo down to perfection. Read the stone creases as hieroglyphs. At dawn, our steps turn like a compass, measuring out the land. Out of the sea, out of the seed, out of the heart. Elnyomja hideg fövenyem, hallgatni a tenger, a fűtenger, a fűztenger, hideg szuszogását, házat álmodni, hazát a fűben. I fall asleep on the grass, dreaming of donde cavar the foundations, how to cart all the bricks to my parcel, myself, a conversation written, ignis rock. My home, our home left behind, an imaginary, to set up camp al pie del volcán, on the top floor, close to the sky, or inside Cavafis's most trite stanza, and to feel at home. Y otra cosa, home is where the, home is water. Water, 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 me, 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 me a home, me a home, me a home, a home, a homok, a homok, a home, a homok, a home, a homok, a homok, a homok, a homokról kellene már valami fontosat, már valami fontosat mondani. A hammock, a home, a hammock to sway, and the homophones, can el fondo del mundo wagon to say, stay, estacionario. Home, a hollow, el escombro del ojo we left behind, filling with sand. Mikor a hideg szél végre belecsap az arcodba, belecsap és beterít mindent a homok, mikor elönti a füledet és elönti a szádat és elönti az éjsötét szemeket. The city blues, sand in our ears, sand in our mouth, all our words turn to sand. S foltot hagy a szád peremén, mint a nehéz vörösbor másnap, vagy mint a só, mely az izzadó testekből páralok ki egy hosszú-hosszú lázután. Our ink-stained lips, our teeth black, our salt-slicked souls as we walk back, our home under a blanket cloud. Homok legyen most mindennél fontosabb, itt a kihűlt vulkán peremén, itt az őrült tenger partján, hol a nyelvet hegyén is ott csillog a sok homok. The cold lip del volcano, the tongue collecting grains of salt from the edge of the mouth, the house, the dead our grandmothers scrub down to basalt, to sand. Ahol most a nyelved is csak smirgli, csak habkő, csak kemény tengeri szivacs, melyel nagyanyád súrolta simára a sarkát, súrolta le a kádban az elhalt kemény bőrt magáról. Tang, 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 tam, 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 súrolja, súrolja, súrolja a sarkáról a sót, a sót, a sót. Sal, 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 la salba, szót, el leírja, el mond, el mond, el mondo. In la lengua que la salt partía. The cracked tongue of the lava, the red slit wound where the language, foreign as sandpaper, smoothed us to round stone. Sand, 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 mondanád az őrült tenger partján, de homokkal tömte szádat a szél, és nem forognak az idegen szavak a szádban, és nem forognak a saját szavak a szádban, és nem forognak az új szavak a szádban, és nem forognak a régi szavak a szádban. And don't turn the words in your mouth like a stone, clacking marble words against the teeth of what you want to say. And don't forognak foreign words in your mouth. And don't forognak foreign words in your mouth. And don't forognak your own words in la boca. And don't forognak your new or old, but sway, but stay, but sink in dust. 
Milyen a te spanglish nyelved? Milyen a nyelved? Milyen szavakat csiszoltál fényesre a számban? A gyerekkor sarkáról milyen elfalt bőrdörzsöltél le végleg? És milyen elfelejtett, elfajzott, kemény szavakat vertél ki a fogammal a számból? Tang, 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 tam, tam, tam. Dolgozik a nyelv kemény, a nyelv rideg gyémánt kalapácsa. A hammock, a home, a hammock, mirrors and mirrors milling the sway of crystal, kekkaise, patisamba, onda. Homok, homok, homok. Mond spanyolul vajon, hogy van a homok? Piedras are walls of a rumban by dint of spray, and all the force it carries behind itself. Where filled to the brim and where basalt carved down to sand, to hammock, hammock, home. How we allowed our shores to be carved down. How we allowed the other in to change our waterline, turn our edges to sand, 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 mond and mundo was. Homok, 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 mond. Spanyolul vajon, hogy van homok? You just get that, that. Beautiful, all the sort of play with the echoes of the the languages starting to come back, and of course you can hear all those sounds bouncing around within it. It's just gorgeous. We've been talking a lot this week about how, because also though she wasn't actually part of this residency in terms of staying with us this week, but we had a visitor for both of our events as well, who's the marvelous uh, poet, critic, and translator from Galicia, Yolanda Castaña. And she is, was actually on a month-long residency at uh, another place in Scotland, but she was able to join us for a couple of our events, so that brought yet another language in. And in fact, in the translation workshop we did on Tuesday, not only were we working with English, Hungarian, Spanish, and Galician, but somehow, totally coincidentally, we had people in the room who spoke many other languages. So we had Afrikaans, we had Arabic, we had... French, French. We had Romanian, Scots, Romanian, Shetlandic. Shetlandic, yes. Unbelievable! <laughs> it was like this wonderful Babel-esque uh, orchestra of voices. So we were very special to to have that. But I think it has, though it has been making it much harder for me to speak English. It has also, <laughs> you know, been filling my head with this wonderful sense that we. Uh, you know, that we are all making these sounds to communicate with one another, and there are actually relationships between all these sounds we're making. Have you, so as part of the New Voices program, as you mentioned, you've been meeting one another in different countries, you've been doing a lot of translating and reading in different places. What has this experience been like for each of you? <laughs> well, as I say, just um, allowing kind of other sounds to interfere with translator sorry and uh, so I, I'm born in Yugoslavia in Serbia and mixing languages and cultures is not a new thing to me but uh, but it was uh, really exciting to me to, to hear this mixture it was, it was really really amazing and and uh, to, to explore another cultures and to explore uh, another poetry life, you know, and and to hear that uh, uh, some of my my poems works in other languages. So it, it was a great experience. For example, when uh, uh, on the reading I uh, I read my my uh, poem Mama is not Mama today. And after then, uh, the Galician girl said that, wow, the Spanish uh, translation works, and, and then, whew, it was, it was very, very amazing. 
And so it, it was nice, nice to explore that. Because also it was, like, you know, I was struck, Christine Jelika, who's the Edinburgh mapker, was here with us at the translation workshop on Tuesday, and she did a version of one of your poems in Shetland. And, mm. and it was something about, because it was a poem about birds, wasn't it? And some bird sounds, and the Shetlandic language, I think, almost can sound very bird-like sometimes. And so I got chills almost when I heard it, because it was it's so beautifully went into the other language. Yes, yes, it, it, it was nice, it was nice. Uh, I have never uh, heard uh, Shetlandic uh, language before, you know. And first time to hear hear uh, your, your, your poem in Shetlandic, it's, it's, it's really, really amazing. And it, it works, yes. I like this idea as well of thinking about translation as a collaboration because it's, you know, there is this poem you've just shared with us which is very collaborative and um, multilingual, but especially when, I suppose, there are living poets in the room working together, you can translate it in a, in a way where there can be more freedom and expressiveness in the mm -hmm. translation because you can have those conversations with the poet and figure out what their, you know, I feel like translation is always a compromise. You can't exactly recreate a poem in mm -hmm. another language. So you can have those those discussions that you always need to have in a collaboration and, and help one another give birth mm -hmm. to <laughs> the poem yes. in the new language. It's, it's a very important thing for us, for me, because you know in uh, Hungary we we think that uh, that uh, uh, Hungarian language is too hard to study, and uh, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's a closed uh, language, it's closed nation, and then nobody knows our poetry. And 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 when you hear translations, and you 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 realize that it's worked, it's it's really really nice. Mm -hmm. um, something else we were talking about last night is the importance of children's poetry and how. Many of us, there's a number of poets sitting around talking about how, when we were young, how important it was to hear poetry. And I think we all agree that it's not just children's poetry as in uh, a kind of simple version of poetry, but actually often it, children can appreciate very complex, abstract, high-level poetry even better than adults can because <laughs> they're still totally free and open. And you had a, a beautiful story about you memorized and performed when you were three years old. Quite an extraordinary poem, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, my 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 uh, my father. I think my father recorded on on a, a magnet cassette phone. <laughs> and and when I was three, uh, I I I I uh, told a poem, avant-garde poem, great avant-garde poem. And I think that. It's uh, not my poem, but it belongs to a great uh, Hungarian poet, Attila Jozsef. But uh, after that, when I, when I was, mm, I think, uh, about 20, 25 years old, I heard it, that uh, poem and whew, uh, it was amazing that I realized that it's a very, it was a very original avant-garde poem, you know? <laughs> So it was a chaotic poem, of course, <laughs> about everything. <laughs> but but it, I, I think that, that I think that it's 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 very very important uh, to to read poetry for for children. So it's and to trust that they have a way into that. That I think that was a beautiful sentiment. And it, again, it was quite nice that even though we are poets from many different countries, we all had this shared sense of that. You know, would you like maybe to read? read one of your poems for children. Okay, of course. And we can kind of hear what that sounds like and maybe hear it, uh, we'll hear it in Hungarian first and then hear it in English so you can get a sense of first the, the music of it, if you don't speak Hungarian, if you do, mm -hmm. you can enjoy the meaning as well. And then uh, we'll hear it for the Hungarian okay. version. So uh, I will choose Anya Manya Manya. I think that it's the more more important uh, uh, poem for from my my children book uh, titled Which Vermin Milyen Modell. Anya ma nem anya. Anya sötét, vágas szemem, rossz ruha a kedve, anya ülés lóg a lába, rág valami benne, 
anyakő és anyalláva, anyam a borosta, anyateste száraz tészta, anyalelke gomba, anya mezítláb szaladát most a hideg konyhán, anya, anya szól a padló, légy alszik a kontyán, anya leves a fazékban, anya kihalt állat, anya ma már nem lesz anya, holnap lehet, hát ha, anya fátyol, anya márvány, agyonmosott kabát, Anya varja és csomózza és szétszedi magát. Anya horgol, anya fércel, felszeled szalonnát. Anya, félek soha most már, nem jön vissza hozzám. And one is going to read her English translation I'll do the English one first. Mama is not my mama today. Mama is dark with pointy eyes, her temper in an ugly dress. Mama gets tangly, swings her legs, crumbles away. Mama is stone, mama is lava, mama is double and clay. Mama stiff as raw spaghetti, mama with her heart of portobello. Mama whirls barefoot in the kitchen. Mama, mama, with scraps on the floor cold. Mama is soup in the pot. Mama is an animal long extinct. Mama won't be my mama today, tomorrow perhaps. Mama is a veil. Mama is marble. Mama is a shop-worn coat. Mama is sewing and knitting. Her edges keep fraying. Mama does crochet. Mama with needles, Mama slices the cheese. It may be that Mama never comes back to me, I'm afraid. Hoy Mama no es Mama. Mama está oscura, de ojos filosos, con genio de vestidos feos. Mama se enreda, se inquieta, se carcome por dentro. Mama es piedra, Mama es lava, Mama es barba que pica. Mamá con cuerpo de pasta seca, mamá con alma de cetro. Mamá es sopa en la olla, mamá es animal extinto. Mamá hoy no será mi mamá, quizá mañana, quizás. Mamá es velo, mamá es mármol, es abrigo descolorido. Mamá está cosiendo y tejiendo y se desgarra de hilos. Mamá se ganchillo, mamá Ivana, rebana queso. Puede que mamá nunca vuelva a mí. Does it feel different for you, or is the process different when you translate into, for instance, English versus into your more, I don't know if you consider, you're quite bilingual, aren't you, but it, I don't know if you relate to one or the other as your original language. The question of which one is my native language is always a complicated <laughs> one. I think my most native language would be Spanglish, but obviously that doesn't exist. And um, yeah, I mean, translating into Spanish, um, I find it a lot easier to play with the music of it. I, I really love how everything is based on the vowels and it's only five vowels. So it's quite, it, somehow having less vowel sounds to me makes it a lot easier to get into really hypnotic rhythms. Mm -hmm. English, on the other hand, um, you're playing a lot more with the consonants mm -hmm. and it just, it, it's quite, it's completely different. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite strange um, trying to do, you know, do one and then immediately the other. place where you might <laughs> fall over into either side, I don't know. Can you tell people what Spanglish is, just in mm -hmm. case, I'm not sure everyone will know what it is by now. Um, Spanglish is a mixture of English and Spanish. Um, in the US, um, as we all know, like there's a huge Spanish-speaking population, and many people, you know, who were originally Mexican, and then the borders got moved further further down south, um, or up north, depending on <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> And 
Yeah, so that's a language that lots of people in the US speak. And I'm from uh, a city in the north of Mexico where English has quite a big influence. Mm. But anyway, I was brought up bilingual. My dad's an English. Um, I grew up, you know, started speaking English before I learned Spanish. And so I've always kind of existed in a, in a place where English and Spanish are dialoguing with each other quite a lot. And I'm curious to maybe hear from both of you, of you a little bit about process. So if you could talk a bit about how because you, you speak a number of languages, but not Hungarian. Uh, you maybe more could directly take an English poem into Hungarian, but maybe not a Spanish poem. So how have you then translated one another? <laughs> so in our workshop in Budapest, um, we had um, some literal translations that were provided. And, and do you want to say what that is, just in case people don't know? Yes. Um, so it's when the tr there's a translation that's kind of word by word, and not, you know, if if a, if a word might have several meanings, you're including all of the meanings of the word. And so then, when you're translating from a language you can't understand, you can use this as a bridge between the original and what you're about to translate into. So when uh, I <coughs> translated Huna's uh, poem, uh, then uh, uh, I used uh, uh, literal translation, English translation, uh, because where to buy, for example, where to buy bread uh, uh, poem uh, uh, written in, in, in uh, Spanish mm -hmm. originally. And uh, uh, to me, it's very, very important to hear uh, the sound of the poem. You know, it it helps me. And uh, and uh, so I checked uh, the English version, but I checked the Spanish version uh, mm -hmm. uh, because of the music. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's, it's music and rhythm. I I I I, I felt that uh, in in Spanish version, it's 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 very important. You know, mm -hmm. and I I I. Of course, every everybody knows some some Spanish words, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I I studied uh, Latin the <laughs> for four years, and and I I, I can understand something, mm. but more important thing to hear the voice of 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 of, of the poem and and to find the, the correct place of words, you know, and I I, I played with 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 them many. Uh, 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 so so it is take, take, takes me uh, long uh, and uh, I had some problems because uh, in Hungary in Hungarian language we we don't uh, use gender you know uh. and uh, and uh, we uh, don't use infinitive we have infinitive but but in in, in poems we we don't use it so I I, I had to had to find some solutions for it, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and I, <coughs> I uh, had to try uh, uh, to find my, span my own Spanglish language, you know, <laughs> it was the, 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 it was a problem, okay, yeah. so, so, but, but, uh, How did, so what did you do, how did uh, you do it? Okay, I, I talked about uh, much, because, because, uh, I thought that I, 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 we don't have Spanish <laughs> language, of, of course, but uh, uh, because I, I, I born in, in Yugoslavia, so I use some uh, um, some uh, international expressions or or, or uh, Serbian expressions uh, what uh, uh, Hungarians use in in Serbia, but uh, Hungarians don't use in Hungary, you know, and, and you can feel the difference. So yeah. it's, it's, it's maybe a Spanglish for Hungarians uh, mm -hmm. in Hungary, not so. Yeah, so cool. I'm wondering actually, it might be quite nice, I suspect we don't even have an English version of this to share, but we could hear it in the Spanish and the Hungarian, mm -hmm. and Hungarian, Serbian, Spanglish, mm -hmm. so we can at least hear the music of these poems. And again, people listening who speak these languages will be able to Mm -hmm. um, okay, so I'll read the Spanish version. 
¿Dónde comprar pan? Tener 12 años justo antes de la hora de comer, a mediodía con el pavimento tendido al sol, y que te manden a la tienda de la esquina a comprar pan, y salir por la puerta, vestida en jeans, camiseta y tenis, no habiendo jamás menstruado, y plegable como una espiga verde de trigo que agita su cabeza en el viento, y poner un pie delante del otro, sentir la comezón del brasier, blanco sin alambre, Taiga 28A, manos en los bolsillos, sol en la corona. Buscar la propia sombra bajo los pies y pensar en la canción al pasar por la obra, al escuchar un silbido desde la cima del edificio medio construir y la palabra mamacita. No mirar hacia arriba ni ver las estructuras de cemento desnudo o los fierros óxidos salidos. Seguir caminando y decirte a ti misma. Eres fuerte. Hol vagy ilyen kenyered? 12 évesen, ebédelő, szárító kötélen csüng az utca a fényben, elküldtek kenyérért a sarki boltban, kilépsz az ajtón, farmerben, pólóban és trénerkában, még sosem menstruáltál, és hajlékony vagy akár a friss búza. Összekuszálja hajad a szél, egyik lépés a másik után, viszketést érzel a mertartók alatt, fehér, nem merevítős, 28 ás méret, zsebredugott kézzel a napdelelőn. Megpróbálsz a saját árnyékodba lépni, és egy nirvána számra gondolni, mikor egy építkezés mellett füttyögést hallasz, meg egy szót, kisanyám. Hogy ne néz fel a csupasz cementvázra, vagy a kilógó rosdás vasakra, hogy tovább haladhass, és azt mondhassd magadnak, erős vagyok. Itt van szó, hogy we have each, we use each word in each context. Mamacita, kisanyám, little mama, and they said for girls, you know. That's really good. It's something quite kind of overwhelming, you know, that gratitude you feel when you hear your work translated into another language and especially for me as a translator because I spend most of my life um, you know pouring my heart and soul into bringing somebody else's words into my language and I never think about what it's like for them and so to be on, on the other side of that is just absolutely yeah beautiful it is. It's, there's something very moving and generous about it all, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Do you feel that you have learned more about one another and one another's places and poetries and experiences through this process? Quite a lot. Um, just having this opportunity of a residency and um, being able to chat and just hear about, you know, our own personal histories and. Uh, our relationship to language and to music and our processes and all these different things has been really, really interesting. Yeah. It was mentioned of some Hungarian punk yes. music, I think. Yes. For me, like, so one of the interesting things of the um, New Voices from Europe program uh, in Poland uh, we were all, you know, it was the ten of us there, but I think four or five of us were speaking in their own language, but they could understand each other. And, and I hadn't quite, I guess my um, history and my European geography isn't very good. And so it was also understanding Europe through that process uh -huh. and how like uh, these four people are all from ex-Yugoslavian countries and so hence they can understand each other even though their languages are different. So it was really interesting to, to talk to Arpad about that and understand how a lot of it is to do with accent tracing and how the kind of languages might have a slightly different rhythm or the kind of vowels might be a little bit more stilted or, or something like that but you know it's, it's entirely possible to have a whole conversation um, because talking to Yolanda as well about Galician 
language was, mm -hmm. I think, similarly educational in terms of history and geography and politics, mm -hmm. because that was a language and a place I didn't know much about, but she spoke about Galicia's relationship to Portugal mm -hmm. and how the language actually still reflects its Portuguese roots actually much more than its more contemporary Spanish mm -hmm. connections and yet that all those things are blending now and exist in this in this current Galician language. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really funny how like when we study history when we're younger, it's all so abstract and I think language and poetry to me helps it really make it real and, mm -hmm. and, and, and tangible, you know? And through hearing a poem in Galician, I understand so much more of the history of the land and of the people than, you know, reading that this king did and signed this agreement or, you know, there was this war like 500 years ago or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this has given me such a wider perspective on, on, on Europe and also on the world. So I, I think this is... You know, just giving me so much more material and food for thought. What about you? Did you learn anything about <laughs> Mexico yes, or yes, Glasgow yes, yes, or Edinburgh? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> did we ever manage? Did you ever get any haggis yet? No. So you know, I'm a poet, but I'm a cultural manager too. And we organize um, more than 100 readings a year. So uh, it was very interesting to me uh, to see how uh, the works in, in practice your, your cultural or uh, literary life. And, and uh, I said to you that it was very amazing to me that you have everyday readings. So <laughs> they're taking you to poetry readings pretty much every evening. We've got another one tonight. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So, so you work hard. <laughs> and and, and, uh, and uh, so yeah, um, it, it's very, very interesting to me to, 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 to uh, explore uh, this, this area. And, and I said that I, I, I wrote on my Facebook page that uh, it's it's very very uh, uh, very very interesting to me that people pays for 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 readings five pounds and uh, you know in, in Hungary readings uh, are free and and uh, who wanna uh, know that that uh, more than more than hundred and and fifty people like liked it yes. maybe and <laughs> and they 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 uh, almost fight. Uh, on my Facebook uh, page, that uh, one, uh, so so my f one of my friends said that it's okay, okay, be proud, you are poet, and then uh, we 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 must pay pay for culture. But the other uh, friend said that it's scandal, uh, uh, culture must be free, you know. <laughs> so you 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 mustn't pay for for reading. So it, it's, it's very such an interesting yeah. space. I have friends who work in the arts and here for, I think, most arts events. So in an art gallery, if you were having a, a talk or a reading to do with the show that's on, you would never charge. So that's a place where I think it's still, even here, it's still not, the culture of charging for those events is not there. Um, however, it seems to be firmly established in terms of literary events, and I totally agree. I mean, it even confuses me because certainly, I I believe deeply in in free access to culture, and I think that would help more people be able to attend. However, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, if it does mean that libraries can exist and <laughs> and poets get paid, and I believe in that as well. No. <laughs> really, what I think is the government should uh, spend oh, a lot more money on arts and culture and a lot less money on bombs and guns and then we'd mm -hmm. have a better solution and it would be free and everyone could get paid. Absolutely. Anyway, yeah. Okay. <laughs> do, do, do organize that. <laughs> um, well, I think I kept you for quite a long time and we need to get our handsome haggis and uh, we need to get back out in the sunshine before it goes away again. So a huge thank you to both of you for your contributions. I'm going to ask you each to read 
one more poem of your choice uh, and associated translations, if you wish, before we finish. Uh, I just want to say a quick thank you again to Literature Across Frontiers, to Literary Europe Live, and to the Creative Europe program of the European Union, among <laughs> May last. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to give us anything you'd like to say before we go, and, and a poem, a poem each, that would be great. So I read uh, This Body of the Woman I Inhabit, um, which is a poem that I wrote originally in Spanish, and then I self-translated it into English, um, keeping one word, uh, which is the preposition from. Uh, I kept that in Spanish. What is it in Spanish? It just means from. But I mean, say the, the oh, word. Desde. Desde, desde, because I kept hearing it last night and I, I was <laughs> wanting to know if that was the right thing. Yeah, and for some reason, um, this, like, it just didn't give it the weight that I wanted it to have in, 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 in the English. From just feels so kind of fluttery, and desde feels really guttural, so I wanted to keep that word in Spanish. Um, This body of a woman I inhabit. Desde where I'd lift my arm to touch the hair on the head of Moses, suddenly moved to inside out tears from an entire childhood, of lips stiffened to sustain the world, protect the softness of our angles, our wisdom of curtains. Desde where I've half lowered eyelashes to seduce three, four. Desde where I've traced the sinuous S of desire which Cortilus called serpent, and Adam called perception of flux. There's the where I've grown tired of nursing, like Teresa or Diana, like the fear they did not feel when touching leopards with their immaculate hands, the lips with which they kissed their blessed sores. There's the where I've washed out workshop grease, Soaked fibres in a universal river of saliva, there's a where I've bled drops, miscarried, fertilised, wheat, ivy, there's a where I've been a plot all bounty where goats graze. So I, I will read a short poem about sand, of course, <laughs> because in, 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 in uh, our collective works we use the expression. Uh, homo sand and, and it's, it's an important thing uh, I think in, in our uh, collective fund. sand and uh, when I first saw you guys after the first day you've been here they've been to the beach at Portobello and it was a very very windy day it's been very windy here this year and they they had kind of got coated in sand so I love that that word sand or homo has has come up in the poems a lot Homok tengeri. Fekszem a napon, homokba fúrom a kezem, meleg van, izzadok, nem fáj semmi sem, mint egy szelet kenyéren átsüt a bőrömön a nap. Homokba fúrom a fejem, homokba hát a lábam, homokba süppedek, mintha nehéz paplan alá, mintha bunkerben, mintha sötét szobában, homokban csak én, meg én vagyok, csak hímárban, csak csigák, csak rákok és homok. Partra dobott a tenger a nagy vihar után, csak fúrom magam, süppedek tovább és tovább. Homok féreg vagyok, bányász és vakon, a homok alatt, a homok alatt. Én már jó helyen vagyok. Inbuilt within the language, or is it like? It's. Uh, I mean, obviously you're you're using it in your poems, but is it in the language? It's like, but because that guy was mentioning that, wasn't it? That it's got a kind of innate but a dumb but a dumb. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, in in it's built in a Hungarian poetry tradition. You know, we uses two kind of forms. We have a Hungarian form. Hungarian verse form, and it's 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 uh, from uh, from the 
19th, 18th century, you know, and uh, uh, like Petrofi uh, used that for. In contemporary Hungarian poetry, we we don't use that that rhythm, but it's it's a yambikon rhythm. Destroyed, yeah, destroyed rhythm, but it's a it's a it's a yambikon rhythm, and many many poets use this rhythm yambikon, you know. What I noticed from looking at the language and the poems printed on the page was that most of the words are accentuated on the kind of first syllable of the word, so it's yes. Bonda, bonda, And in Spanish we call that kind of word esdrújula, and I, there's probably a word for it in English, but it's what I love about it, it makes it, even in conversation, um, it just makes it sound like Alpine Horses. <laughs> yeah. and, and the Finnish language also has this same rhythm, and that's yes, why yes. I love both languages so much. Um, so I was very, very lucky to be able to work with, with Hungarian. Um, just so intrigued, I want to learn so much more about it. Um, this is what happens in the transition. It's so interesting, you get distracted and start talking about Anyway, we'll have the translation. Sansu. I laze in the sun, sink my hand in the sand. It's hot, I'm sweaty, nothing hurts. The sun shines through my skin like through a slice of bread. I sink my head in the sand and sink my foot in the sand. I'm guzzled in a gullet of sand like a gale of duvets, like a bunker, like a dark room. It's just me and myself in the sand. Just seaweed, just snails, just crabs and sand. A wave flung me onto the shore after the great storm. I just let myself sink into the sand. It drinks me down, down. I'm a sandworm, a miner, a mole. Under the sand, under the sand, I gladly dwell. Scottish Poetry Library podcast. For further information about the Scottish Poetry Library, visit our website at www.scottishpoetrylibrary.org.uk, follow us on Twitter at By Leaves We Live, and find us on Facebook.